Good evening, America. It's good to be back from Knoxville. The conference was a blast. And if you missed it, which you, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus, uh, mark your calendars for next year. We'll be at the Ark Encounter October 12th through the 14th. Um, and the Ark Encounter is just going to be a fantastic family experience. I mean, we went and walked through it. Me and Ox Toby went and walked through it uh, the Monday before our conference, and it was just so much fun. We only got to do kind of a walkthrough, so we didn't get to really get into everything. But the Ark Encounter is a great experience. They have a virtual reality tour of the flood, which is a we heard is a, a fantastic experience. Uh, they have a petting zoo for the kids. I mean, it's just a a, a really going to be a great family conference. Uh, the topic is politics of six day creation. You don't want to miss it. Ken Ham, Dr. Gordon Wilson, a bunch of others going to be speaking there. So join us. Mark your calendars now. It's going to be a fantastic time. Now the Water Break team is here to discuss Kanye and cancel culture. Ouch. The upcoming November elections, which, you know, should be on your radar there. News that only John Brandy can trust. So grab your best scotch or Dr. Pepper and enjoy the show. First, Reform Heritage Books is a publisher and bookseller whose mission is to equip the saints to serve Christ and his church through biblical, experiential, and practical resources. RHB reading material is glorifying God in accord with the scriptures and historic creeds for the promotion and defense of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Each book they publish or sell, whether from the Puritans or modern-day authors, subscribes to the three forms of unity, the Belgic Confession, the Heidelberg Catechism, and the Canons of Dort, and the Westminster Standards, so you can trust them. Find more at heritagebooks.org. Go there, shop there. They got great books, and of course, they support us. Please support them. Cannonball or belly flop? This is an interesting one. This is one that I think you need a bookmark. When the pandemic started, we at Cross Politics started to talk about all the collateral damage that was going to come as a result of our political leaders shutting down our lives and economy. While as the dust settles and more and more information comes out, we here at Waterbreak want to keep a running catalog of all the lies we were told and all the collateral damage created by the COVID insanity that infected our political leaders, our church leaders, and the medical industrial complex. So I got a list here, and and I'll remind you at the end of this monologue. And I want you to email me and you know help help me add to this list because I'd like to actually keep a catalog of all the lies and all the collateral damage that was created because uh, of the pandemic or pandemic or whatever you want to call it. So first, lies. Remember, we were told 15 days to slow the spread. This whole thing started out with the unscientific claim that we just need 15 days to slow the spread. I remember our our local city council propagating that, not giving us any scientific analysis, no reports to to point to, 15 days to slow the spread. Why, Why 15 days? Why not 21? Why not, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do with that. 15 days to slow the spread. Don't forget that. Uh, Face masks. Face masks don't work. We did a whole episode on face masks don't work. Uh, You can Google that one. Uh, And we have, I still to this day, have a list of studies that verify face masks do not work for the general public. And I'm glad to email that list out. I keep it. I add to it as more uh, studies become available. Number three, the third lie. COVID by the numbers. We talked about this early on. Were people dying from COVID or with COVID? You know, the whole from or with. The CDC did not care about that stat. They never tried to sift through the data. And as you even heard reports of people who were shot and killed or died in a car wreck or had a heart attack 
uh, and having their certificate of death marked as a COVID death, that kind of data was what was being tracked. That kind of data was what where all the scary numbers were coming from. But also, you know, 94% of the people who died from COVID had 2.4 uh, co comorbidities. Two point four average, average two point four, up or something like that, or sixty, sixty might have been sixty and up. Uh, fourth lie, vaccine mandates. Uh, this is not not long here, but President Biden on December fourth, twenty twenty, said, "No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand it to be mandatory." That was on December fourth, twenty twenty. No vac, no no force of vaccine mandates. And of course, you know what he tried to do with OSHA. Number five, fifth lie. Vaccines will stop COVID-19 transmission. This is this is a great one because recently uh, uh, Rob Roos, who's an MEP in a recent European Union COVID committee hearing, got the Pfizer director to admit that the vaccine was never tested on the prevention of transmission. They never tested it. They never tested the vaccine on its efficacy of transmission, of preventing transmission. Unbelievable. Number six. And, of course, a lot of you were pressured into getting the vaccine in the name of keeping your parents healthy, in the name of you know not transmitting the virus to others and so forth. Uh, businesses did this. Uh, you know, Ben Shapiro admitted, admitted on his show. He did it for his parents. Number six, sixth lie, pandemic of the unvaccinated. On January 13th, 2022, okay, remember, unvaccinated, pandemic of the unvaccinated, uh, number seven. Risks were high regardless of age and comorbidities. Yeah, everyone, everyone had the same kind of risk. The data, if you want to call it that, was clear that from the jump, even their data from the jump, demonstrated that children under the age of 18 were more likely to die from the flu than from COVID. That's facts. I know there's some more lies we can add there, uh, but uh, so email me, add to that list. Uh, I want to get to the collateral damage side of things. So those are the lies, now the collateral damage. Kids, uh, you know, government schools shutting down, public education, and, and, a lot, and a lot of states like California and Washington were trying to require Christian schools to shut down. Uh, we shut down schools because the teacher union, really, they wanted a two-year vacation, and our political leaders were too scared to care about children's lives. The latest ACT results, you can Google this, just came out and showed that the national average composite score for graduating seniors in 2022 uh, was down, went down to 19.8 out of 36. The lowest average score since 1991 and down from 20.3 from the graduating seniors in 2021. 42% of students failed to meet any of the ACT subject benchmarks and English Reading, science, and math, which are the minimum test scores required for students to have, you know, a reasonable, you know, chance of succeeding in college. Not to mention suicide rate spike during the shutdown, teen depression, and so much more there. Our leaders have weakened this generation in multiple ways. And this is what you, I mean, this is really lording over your people. Number two, collateral damage number two, economy. In the first two months of the shutdown in my area, in my county, my county alone lost about 3,000 jobs. First two months, 3,000 jobs, done. 
by October 2021, only two states, so 2020 to 2021, only two states had recovered the jobs that were lost in 2020. Only two states, Idaho and Utah. Number three, collateral damage number three. Institutional trust is at an all-time low. And this is, uh, I, don't, I don't think this is actually a, a bad collateral damage. Um, uh, I actually think it's a good collateral damage. Actually, I should make a list of all the good collateral damage things that have happened. But the CDC, the medical industry, industrial complex, you want to call it that, and the church nationwide um, has lost its credibility in a lot of ways. The CDC is no longer trustworthy due to all the disinformation, can we call it that, they put out during the pandemic. The medical industrial complex still has hospitals requiring patients and guests to wear masks to this day in my town. The church leaders like, like Russell Moore simped for the vaccine masking narrative as a way to love your neighbor. Um, I remember Russell Moore. I still got this picture. Uh, Russell Moore wearing two masks, uh, you know, two, two separate masks, two layered together. And so the, the good thing is, you know, uh, I think this is a good collateral damage here. The evangelical church needs a big shakeup. The CDC should not have been trusted in the first place. The medical industrial complex needs a big shakeup. You know, we trust in God. Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we trust in the Lord our God. So, like I said earlier, bookmark this episode. And while you're at it, email me, contact at fightlifefeast.com, contact at fightlifefeast.com. Email me and help me add to this list. If we're going to be a people that fights against history repeating itself, we have to remember and not forget the past. We have to. So we got November elections coming up. We're two months away. Not even, not even, not even two months away. Month and a half. Month away. Weeks away. Wow. My, my mind, my, my dates are all off from the conference. And, and so I want to bring in Joseph back home. Um, uh, you know, I've really enjoyed having Joseph back home on the show over the, over the, over the months. And, uh, he's got a pretty good, um, political mind on, on thinking through these things. And, and Joseph, first off, you know, kind of what's your broad take on what's going to be happening, uh, in the house, uh, and then in the Senate, how how do you think, uh, what do you think the swing is going to look like? Well, good to see you, Gabe. Um, you know, it's a good question in the house at this point, I think it would be a big surprise to everybody if the Republicans don't take control of the House. When yeah. you look at, if you, if you go to real clear politics and look at like the average of polls, the the expected Republican wins are 220 House seats and you need 218 to win the House, right? Yeah. So it's a, there's an expectation at this point. And then there, you know, in addition to that, there are 35 toss-up races considered okay. uh, that are just toss-ups. 29 of those are held by Democrats. And so there, there's this margin where it could be 20, 30, depending on, you know, the mood of that day, it could be 40 seats. That's, that's within the realm of the possible. Wow. Now, the Senate, uh, is a, it's much closer. There's about seven toss-up races. It's kind of considered the Republicans probably have 47, 46. But in those 40, in, in the seven toss-up races, and we're talking Arizona and Wisconsin and New Hampshire, okay. North Carolina, Georgia, uh, Nevada, and Pennsylvania. These are interesting races. Uh, Herschel Walker in, in Georgia has is, uh, given himself a lot of trouble these days. The Pennsylvania yeah. race is interesting. 
Uh, Fetterman probably should win, um, but he had a stroke. Um, he's running against Dr. Oz, who I don't think is a great candidate, um, no. but he's a Republican. He's kind of a carpetbagging Repu- Republican into Pennsylvania. But Dr. Oz, um, and I'll say this in all kindness, can't even have a conversation right now. And he's tried to do media interviews, but he has to read what's being said to him. I mean, he's seriously physically Fetterman. impaired. Fetterman, not Dr. Oz. Fetterman. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, yeah, if, yeah. I, if I said that right, that's that's Fetterman yeah. who's experiencing yeah. that, right? So yep. there's a lot of interesting dynamics in these cases. You could see the Democrats uh, keep the, uh, take the Senate. I mean, that's within the the range the range of possible uh-huh. outcomes here. You also could see the Republicans pick up uh, two or three seats. Uh, something that's interesting in all of this, I saw um, th- this week a poll from uh, CNN about the mood of likely voters. And it wasn't in in competitive races, I should say. They went to all these states where it's competitive and they prefer Republicans 48 to 43 in the competitive races. It's not that uh, the Republicans don't have that big advantage broadly. So in all races, it's really turnout, it's voter enthusiasm. Really in all of the primaries, Republicans have had a turnout advantage which suggests a um, an enthusiasm advantage, uh-huh. and if uh-huh. that carries over, you could see the Republicans have a two three seat a majority in the Senate, and then a twenty thirty seat majority in the House. But again, it just turns it just is all going to turn on uh, who votes and who doesn't. So if you're if you're a Christian in Georgia, um, who how do you vote in that race? Um, you know, you got Herschel Walker who um, has some serious allegations against him. Yeah. Um, and you know, how do you sort through that? But then you got the Democrat, I mean, he's pro abortion and, you know, uh, but I don't, I don't want to have, I don't want my standards to be constantly moved as a Republican. Yeah. I think it's a very similar dynamic to how a lot of people felt about Trump. And, and you raise that point. If the allegations against Herschel Walker are true and they seem credible, some of these are coming from his kids, right? And they yeah. don't and and they don't have a reason to try to like malign their dad. Um, but he he was a vulnerable candidate, and and I think it's a totally acceptable answer to say Herschel Walker apparently does not have the character to earn my vote. At the same yeah. time, the alternative is a Warnock, who is unambiguously working for the dark side in every way, yeah. right? Yeah. And so. When you don't have um, when you don't have a choice of between candidates of high character and virtuous candidates, do you just vote on the fact that this person will advance evil less than the other person? I think yeah. that's a defensible way to cast a ballot. You don't have your pick among Americans to select for this office. You have two people on a candidate on a, on a ballot, and. Um, to my mind, it's a, it's okay to say this person will uh, will advance less evil than the other person. Therefore, I'm yep. going to choose less evil over more evil. But I also know there are some people whose conscience says if somebody paid for their girlfriend's abortion, I'm not doing it. And right. I get it. Right. You know, one of the arguments that we, you were using was uh, the lesser of two evils. And as I used to be more in favor of that argument, but as it kind of keep going along, that argument to me is is losing its appeal to me because I I feel like almost every election I'm in the situation where I'm voting for the lesser of two evils. Like I want to stop that. Um, yeah. You know, help me out here. Yeah. Well, it's a fair question. I mean, do we? Um, you know, when it comes to candidates, it's 
I don't know that it's a lesser from a policy perspective. It's not the lesser of two evils, um, yeah. because if 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 the Republicans have control of the Senate and, and I hate to put things in partisan terms because I'm not a party yeah. guy. But if uh -huh. the Republicans have control of the Senate, less bad things happen than if the yeah. Democrats have control of the Senate. That's just the way it is. And that's right. not even um, with, you know, that, that's just because of who Herschel Walker would vote for, for the committee chairmanships and control right. of the Senate, which means the things that will never even be brought up to a vote. So from a very practical sense, less evil will happen, politically speaking, in Washington, D.C., there will be more opportunities to stop Joe Biden than there will yeah. be if Raphael Warnock is yeah. elected. So if you just remove the faces and, right. and the, the truth is you can do that in a partisan environment like we have in some cases. But that's not to me saying I mean, I, I don't like the fact that Herschel Walker was the nominee in the first place. I, yeah. I hoped that he would not have been. And I think it is totally defensible for Christians to say we cannot just continue to like swallow this stuff these are bad people doing bad things and it's a harm it's a problem if we are continuing to align ourselves with them um because we have to but in a sense you do have to so i mean this to me is one of those issues where you got to take it your conscience i think we can't bind other people's conscience because there's not a clear biblical requirement right we see god use very bad people in scripture all the time to right. do some really good things and so right. that has to be within the range of possibilities that we're comfortable with as well. But if your conscience doesn't allow you to support that, then then I'm not going to argue with you. That's helpful. Joseph, uh, folks, be paying attention. Joseph's got some announcements coming out soon about maybe a possible podcast coming. So stay tuned. Joseph, thanks for joining the Water Break, man. Hey, good to see you. Yep. So cancel culture has uh, hit Kanye again. Uh, he actually, I think he got removed from Instagram. Uh, I'm not quite sure Twitter yet. Or he might he might have got suspended from Twitter. No, but JP Morgan has come out and given I get I think Kanye like a month to move his bank accounts. So basically they're canceling Kanye's bank accounts. And they sent him a letter. The letter was pretty ambiguous. It didn't really say anything specific, but they just said please move your bank accounts. We're going to cancel them. Now Kanye tweeted out uh, some potential anti-semitic uh tweets this last week i think he deleted them um and and that's possibly what got the bank all up in arms uh with kanye but not nonetheless nevertheless i want to bring in rep, rep burns to talk through this this banking thing you know we've seen this rep with uh mike lindell and minnesota bank and trust uh you know they canceled he had i think nine accounts with them uh now we're seeing this with kanye west and, and, and the canceling of the bank culture there uh, you know, how do we sort through, um, you know, the, the banking to me is, is like, that's, you're getting serious. You're, you're dealing with people's livelihoods at a whole new level. Absolutely. And, you know, Kanye is just the uh, latest, most high profile case of this. But like you said, there, there's been other instances. Um, I think yesterday, yesterday there, I read an article that came out about the National Committee for Religious Freedom. Um, which was founded and led by a former uh, Kansas governor and Senator Sam Brownback. And they too had their accounts uh, closed by JP Morgan Chase. We've seen this with Gab, with various uh, payment processors and banks. I know of one church in Colorado that had their accounts closed. They were later reopened when they uh, put some pressure on them, but they had their accounts uh, closed from their bank. You have PayPal and their latest stunt last week uh, about potential 
fines for uh, disinformation, misinformation. And so wisdom is pattern recognition. And uh, it is the I think Christians need to to be getting wise and recognizing those patterns and then taking steps to prepare and mitigate. And uh, and it's going to take some work. It's going to take Christians uh, creating some some, you know, parallel institutions and um, and and looking locally rather than these big multinational yeah. banks and things like that. But uh, it's happening over and over again. And we shouldn't be surprised, one, because we see it happening over and over again, but also because the scriptures tell us things like this will happen. It doesn't say that our bank's accounts are going to get canceled, yeah. but it does right. say in Second uh, Timothy that you know all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And there's other, uh, you know, Jesus talks about being reviled for his name. Now, I don't know all the circumstances of Kanye's getting canceled and his right. potential anti-Semitic remarks. I also, but I do know he's publicly identified with Christ. He went on Tucker Carlson yep. and took on abortion. That is also yep. in there as well. So I don't know. It has to be connected. Yeah. yeah. JP Morgan's, um, you know, the bank's motivations there, but it shouldn't surprise us when those who bear the name of Christ, who uh, profess the name of Christ, are opposed by those who are self-avowed enemies of Christ. Yeah. You know, one of the things, I've, I, we brought this up on the show before, but, uh, you know, Canada, their banks canceled the trucker convoy, but it was pressure from the, the politicians. Um, here in the U.S., there's no, at least that we know of, there's no pressure from the politicians that's happening at the banking level. And yet, banks are happy to cancel their citizens, you know, their their clients, uh, without political pressure. So, so in in some ways, I think what's happening in the U.S. is even more egregious because it's not happening from political pressure; it's happening from this, you know, this this woke culture, you know, banking pressure. It shows how far. Uh, gone in some ways our larger culture really is that it doesn't take political pressure it doesn't take top-down political pressure in order to um you know to try to do these things it's coming up from the grassroots and uh in some ways that's a lot more dangerous uh, because we do have legal protections uh still within our system we can appeal to the courts but if it's not coming from the government it's not coming top down who do you appeal to if it's coming from the grassroots and so that is a a dangerous situation we need to make sure that we are uh, recognizing it as such but i would also say um that's a good thing too because we can be a part of creating uh, a counterculture and be a part of you know, through evangelism and through building real and genuine Christian community and culture. We can have a lot of influence there as well. So I would encourage yeah. Christians yeah. in that. That's right. That's right. And That's exactly and, right. And also, you know, speaking of encouraging Christians, um, I don't think we need to be dismayed here. Uh, the scriptures, yeah. yes, they tell us that all who desire to That's live right. a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But the, the scriptures also tell us that the Lord sits in the heavens and laughs and holds them in derision and the nations yeah. plot in Amen. vain. And that it's your faith that overcomes the world and that your worship is uh, potent and powerful. And he's given us the Psalms and he's given us the, the the entire scripture to wield his weapons in this war. And so I do think we need to take courage not to fear and, yep. um, and, and just to get busy doing what God has called us to do. That's right. Amen. Right. Thank you for joining us on the water break, man. We'll see you. See you next Absolutely. week. Thanks so much. Well, you've been waiting. You've been waiting for some news that you can trust. What's up, Gabe? John, how are you doing, homie? News uh, that John Brandy can trust. We've been waiting. 
I am I'm excellent. I've got uh, several bits of news that you can trust tonight. Have you been on, Have you been on the ground? You know, hitting the, the journalism beat. Mm-hmm. I've been on I, I've been on the ground. I've been on the ground uh, with my uh, with my crack news team doing <laughs> doing hard work that uh, that nobody else is willing to do. So, well, all right. Bring it. What 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 news that John Brandy can trust? What do you got for uh, us? Probably the big the big news. Some of this is uh, we haven't we haven't had a chance to talk since the, uh, the hurricane, the hurricane in Florida. Yeah. You, did you hear about it? Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'm frozen or if you're frozen. Start with the hurricane. Uh, okay, so there's a hurricane in Florida. Did you hear about it? Yeah, I heard about it. <laughs> yes. Cool. Uh, the uh, financial damage from that hurricane is almost 20% of what Biden's administration policies have caused. Ugh. I mean, that's significant. So, so Biden's Biden's administration has caused 80% more damage than the hurricane. Than the hurricane. Um that's and incredible. The, the, well, the statistics have uh, demonstrated that Biden has already thrown more wind at Governor DeSantis than the storm has. <laughs> and the final little bit of uh, news is that Florida residents have been surveyed and they prefer the sharks swimming in the streets to the federal agency assistance. Mm. Mm. No. Yeah, that I, I I think I'd prefer that too. Well, they're not dumb. And, and uh, the nice thing is, you got shark fishing that's ha- that you can have that you can, right there, you know, in front of your house. Get some good sharks. Uh, well, you, you yeah, like shark meat? Silver lining, right? Silver, Silver lining. lining. Always looking for it. Uh, the M and M's Mars Company has introduced a new character that happened uh, a few days ago. They've got oh, a new no. peanut. Did you hear about that? New peanut. Oh, I did. I didn't. Yeah, it's a purple peanut uh, female. It's a female. Okay, peanut. purple, purple. But, you, you know, get I, mean, I, I get the purple color. I know, but it's a peanut. I understand. And it's a, but it's a female. And uh, are legitimately gender neutral. <laughs> uh, well, the question is: Are nuts gender neutral? Maybe that's an okay. offline conversation we need to have. <laughs> uh, this is to help more people feel that they belong. That's a quote from the company. This is to help more people feel like they belong. Because all of those other color M&Ms were leaving me feel like an outcast. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. eating blue M&Ms. I'm eating the red Where's M&Ms. The white? Where's the white John Brady M&M? I don't have any. Well, that's the thing. I'm the, waiting. Pasty, the pasty white. I'm <laughs> I'm waiting for the white hooded character to be introduced to the bag of M&M's so that the bigots and racists will feel included as well. Yeah. Yeah. MAGA. MAGA M&M. You know. Mm-hmm. Little hoods. Little hoods on the M&M's. <laughs> that's, the, that's the Democratic Party. KKK. They should have a Democratic Party peanut. Well, I see a, I see a purple M&M and I think to myself, well, now I can be my authentic self. There you go. More inclusive. They got a new client at John Brandon. 
We need to pray for the people whose self-esteem is actually helped by cartoon candy affirmations. Oh, that's good, John. News that John Brandon can trust. What do you got next? Uh, Alex Jones was... Oh, my ordered. goodness. Yes. You hear about that? Alex yes. Jones ordered to pay almost a billion with a B. Yes. Billion dollars All the for families. being a notorious doofus. That's basically what the penalty is. It's the most... It's the most outrageous fine that has ever been put on a stupid person in <laughs> the history of this country. Meanwhile, the vice president of the United States continues to say dumb things every single day for free. No sort of... Well, and she gets paid to do it by our taxpayers. Not just free. It costs us money. Um, I The way I see it coming... Uh, Kamala's hot takes on racism have got to be worth at least a billion dollars by themselves. <laughs> CNN says stupid things 24 hours a day, Gabe. Yeah. Alex yeah. Jones at least has to sleep sometimes. How is it <laughs> that he is being charged more uh, than CNN? And then the final question I have on this is who's really dumber? Who's really dumber? Is it Alex Jones or is it the people who think that they're going to get $980 million from him? That's right. That's right. That's right. He's, uh, I, I wondered, I wondered about that because there's all sorts of shelters where you can put the money where, you know, cause I, it was he sued personally or was his Infowars sued? I mean, like what organization was a personal lawsuit? So that's going to have, that's going to matter. And what actually ends up paying? Yeah, it's well, it's it's the blood. They're they're they might as well sue a turnip for blood. It's the same sort of a thing. And then the final thing I thought this was we're gonna we're gonna end with a little with uh, some positive. Yes, Tulsi Gabbard, former Democrat and current Lonely Island, uh, has decided to leave the party. She's leaving the Democrat Party. Yeah, good for her. Nobody is surprised by this, right? I mean, we could kind of, no. it had to happen. So uh, she cited her frustration uh, at, at being forced uh, to choose between policy and her immortal soul is the, yeah. uh, the reason. That, and she went with her soul. Uh, I expect Not a tough choice. Well, I expect that she's going to have more time for politics since she will no longer be spending so much time sacrificing children to Molech. Oof. Yeah. No, I was actually, when when I saw her running for president, I think a lot of conservatives saw her and it's like, man, either she's, um, you know, running her lane in the Democratic Party, carving out her niche, because there are Democrats that are pro-life. They're few, mm -hmm. but carving, carving out a niche. Or she's going to become, she's going to leave the Democratic Party because you, you just can't stay in the Democratic Party with the way, with the direction she was speaking, you know. Right, right. You pretty much have to. And uh, so, good for her. I think Eminem Mars ought to do a Tulsi Gabbard colored candy for everybody who is cheering for and her. Leaving, leaving the Democratic Party. Mm -hmm. <laughs> to be inclusive of those leaving the Democratic Party. Don't we want to include them? Yeah, I think so. You, you know, word on the street, John, um, or one of the words. You're, you're a beat reporter. You're a beat reporter, so you, should, you probably already know this. Mm -hmm. um, is that... Uh, uh, one of the discussions happening is is Trump and Tulsi Gabbard. So 
is, what do you think about that? Do you think that's a, a thing? I think, um, I think it's very plausible. I think it's something that she would do because she could function in a way where Trump doesn't get all his um, stench on her mm-hmm. uh, because she already has the uh, ability to sort through that. Right. Um, uh, so I think it's very plausible. There you go. Yeah, I would agree. She she doesn't have to worry about having dirt get on her because she's already kind of covered in dirt herself. So, yeah, no, yeah, that's right. She's already left the Democratic Party and done her things. All right, news that John Branning can trust. Thank you, John, for joining us. We'll see you next week. I hope so. (laughs) The Eeyore of Water Break, John Branning. Me? Well, folks, thank you for joining Water Break. And uh, as we always say in our closeout, don't fear the culture wars ahead of us. Um, there's a lot going on, and Jesus is king, and all those clues are going to happen, and we need to trust in the sovereign plans, as Rhett Burns uh, reminded remind us of. Uh, build on God, what God has in front of you. Until next week, go fight, laugh, peace. This is the Water Boy with Water Break. It is the duty of the free man to resist tyranny at every turn. Every man will either watch his freedom stripped away or take action to protect what he loves. Introducing the A3, the newest revolutionary body armor from Armored Republic. The A3 is the new standard for lightweight multi-hit body armor. A3 plates are incredibly light at 4.6 pounds. The patented design captures fragmentation while remaining multi-hit capable. The A3 will stop up to M80 ball, yet comes in at only 0.7 inches thick. The A3 is the thinnest NIJ.06 compliant or certified composite standalone plate that includes the drop test. The A3 is the first of its kind, patent pending, that combines an alloy strike face with polyethylene backing, revolutionizing body armor technology by providing strength and durability while remaining sleek and maneuverable. The A3 is the new standard in lightweight body armor. The fight against tyranny just got stronger. When tyrants take over, what's the first thing they do? Disarm. It happened in Russia, China, Germany, and most recently, Afghanistan. Why? Because disarmed people are easier to control. And over the last century and a half, American tyrants have been carrying out a slow, methodical disarmament that no one is talking about. State education. Tyrants know that education is warfare. Our rulers have a vested interest in making you totally harmless. They've got big plans and they don't want you getting in the way. Think about it. Would you rather fight an army decked out with high-powered rifles or a bunch of dinky water pistols? They know that if you can think critically, you're a threat. At New St. Andrews College, we want to graduate men and women who are dangerous. Dangerous to the world, dangerous to the principalities and powers, dangerous to spiritual wickedness in high places. Education can either arm you or disarm you. It can make you a threat or make you a useful idiot. (laughs) So, where you get that education counts. Click the link to apply to New St. Andrews College today.